Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick. This is Boobang. And we are in the second half of the Golden State Warriors awesome season. <laughs> it has and been awesome. Can we can we just get that straight? This has been an amazing regular season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't been this involved in a regular season since like 2013, 2014. And why do you think that is? Because it matters. These games matter. Yeah. 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 It matters because it's not so obvious that they're going to be the Western Conference finalists, that they're going to be title contenders. Um, And also, I really missed basketball like we both did uh, during the pandemic. And we also just missed, I mean, Steph, you know, like seeing him him play is uh it's a it's a joy it's a joy and um you know i i think you you sent out a text reminding everyone that uh that steph is not going to be around for forever you know that steph and his whole cohort of uh nba stars is uh on the way out you know in the next few years which was which was actually pretty sobering you know? it's pretty sad it's very sad. I mean, hopefully he can play until he's 40, right? I mean, the, Ray Allen is probably the best comp for him. I think he retired when he was 38, 39. Um, yeah. But yeah, we have at most eight years left, which seems like a long time, but it's not. Yeah, yeah. You know, if he, when he's 40 years old, he'll be playing for the Charlotte Hornets, uh, catching passes from LaMelo Ball. I think, I think we're well past that. <laughs> he has no ties. He has no ties to Charlotte anymore. That's, that's not happening. I'm bummed about that because I mean, like, I don't know who else was on that list that you sent over, but it was like Steph and I mean, Westbrook, Harden, all those guys, right. Everybody drafted like 08, 09. And, um, and I, I, I gotta be honest, there's no one in like the younger part of the NBA, like 25 and younger that I can think of that. Like, I love this guy. You know what I mean? I, I like Luca. That's fine, you know. Um, he he could probably lose like fifty pounds. I I can't stand Trey Young. So like, if he starts becoming more of a face of the NBA, I'm I'm going to have to go back to football. We should already be thankful of having Steph Curry so far, because let's do a deep dive of the 2009 draft and actually see who's left from that draft. Because 2009 was a damn 12 years ago. So yeah. this, is a, this is very, very timely because you know who the number one draft pick was that year. Yeah, yeah. I have uh, the top eight memorized. I mean, I guess it's not that hard to memorize eight names. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Number one pick of the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Blake Griffin. <laughs> I mean, everybody's talking about how he's done. I think there's a chance. I think he's going to play harder. I mean, than playing in Detroit. There's no way you're playing with... 100 you're not throwing your body around you're not playing 100 percent if you're playing for the detroit pistons no um, there's no way yeah he's he's pretty washed it's a lot of it is the injuries because you knew that his style of play once he got like a bad knee injury and i think he's had a few over the years i mean he started his rookie year with he missed his whole rookie year i guess because of a knee injury you knew that eventually it would zap the uh the athleticism from his game and Hey, could he develop like an outside shot? Kind of, sort of, but like once he got shipped from 
lovely Los Angeles to less lovely Detroit. <laughs> um, the writing was on the wall, man. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm curious to see what it'll bring to Brooklyn, but um, he was by far the obvious choice in 09 for the number one pick. Yeah. But uh, for know, sure, there was no one else. Like he was the guy, especially yeah. back then when it was still like the high flying dunks and the athleticism that just wowed everybody. He was, he was a great player, you know, like he was watching him dunk was like watching LeBron dunk. If all things being equal and um, this was now um, this draft might be reverse, right? It might be um, Steph Curry, Brennan Jennings, Tyreek Evans, and James Harden going in the top five. Um, so it might be a different, it might be a different draft altogether. I don't think people thought that this was going to be as great of a draft as it was. They didn't think it was going to be like God awful, like the Kenyon Martin draft, but there were, there's hall of famers in this draft, you know, obviously, right. There's two MVPs. Well, there's two hall of famers. There's two MVPs, two hall of famers. I mean, do you consider Blake Griffin to be a future hall of famer? I probably don't No, No, yeah. I don't know how many all-star games he made his winning. I wouldn't consider him. Yeah. So the whole point is that we should already be lucky to have Steph Curry be in his prime at this age, because you're looking at Blake Griffin, Hashim Thabit, James Harden. Great. Tyreek Evans, who is he still playing? I guess he's on the Kings. I don't know. <laughs> who no was idea. rookie of the year, by the way. I forgot about that. Because I, I totally Blake was, uh, was injured. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Rubio, Johnny Flynn, obviously. Then Steph Curry. Jordan Hill. I totally forgot Jordan Hill. That's the guy I remember because I, watching this draft, I was assuming we were going to get Jordan Hill. <laughs> like, <that's, laughs> like tracking everything. I was like, oh, man, we're going to get Jordan Hill. And then once they took, they being uh, my favorite Minnesota Timberwolves, once they took Rubio and then Flynn, I was like, oh, oh, God. Oh, yeah. You know, like I didn't think Curry was going to be this good. I actually didn't like uh, his game very much. I thought he was just going to be like Hersey Hawkins or something. <laughs> uh, but I definitely was more entertained by the idea of him than than Jordan Hill, man. <laughs> there was a game recently, or in the past couple of years, I think Jordan Hill, the guy's a journeyman. I don't know if he's still in the league, but he was on the Lakers when the Lakers were bad. And I remember seeing him during a Warriors game and just thinking, this is during the dynasty, and just thinking to myself, like, we could have had him instead of Steph. Jordan Hill last played for the Vancouver Knights in 2018. So that could have been us. Yeah. That's that so good. scary, dude. Like my entire life, my life would have been different. My personal life. <laughs> <laughs> like for the last six years would have been terrible. Yeah. Anyway, after that was DeMar DeRozan and then Brennan Jennings. I felt like I knew about Brennan Jennings more than I did Steph Curry at that time. So. Yeah. Well, because Brandon, Brandon Jennings was the guy who, one of the first guys who like took off, skipped college and played yeah. in Italy or something like that. Um, yeah. And then for the rest of the draft, you're basically looking at Drew Holiday, Jeff Teague, and who else is still in the league? Danny Green, Patty Mills, and that's it. Like everybody else, I do not know who they actually are. Jonas Drebko is here, obviously not in the league anymore. Tony Douglas, I thought, I think he's in, he's in, he's in uh, Australia. Damari Carroll and 
Taj Gibson. I thought they were way older than that. Omri Caspi. I thought they were way. I thought that whole Darren Collison. God, these guys. I thought they were way older. <laughs> they were. I mean, it just shows you how many point guards, how many serviceable point guards there were in that draft. Yeah. You know? I mean, uh, and especially I if guess- you count Brandon Jennings and Tyreek Evans for a few years in their career because everybody was like, oh, remember when Brandon Jennings dropped 55 on the Warriors? That was embarrassing. Um, but then he he what? just didn't really have much else as his career went on. Actually, Taj Gibson is older. He's 35. He must have not gone straight to college. So I'm not sure what happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but everybody else is the same. I mean, pretty much the same age as Steph. Yeah, it's crazy. Omri Caspi is the same age. So what do you what do you do, man? What do you do? Like you realize that Steph is not going to be around forever. That's a that's a downer. Yeah, I mean, this affects all of the what we'll talk about next, which is all the trades, right? Do you become the Bulls and just sort of like disappear into uh, obscurity until Derrick Rose comes uh, as a flash in the pan? Um, or do you build a system that keeps on churning players out like the Spurs? Or do you just bank on the fact that people uh, want to, players want to play here um, in the Bay Area because of things like Top Shot? and Postmates and all the things that they can invest in and just lure uh, different um, different players to. I had this feeling this week when I'm just like watching Giannis and like just I kept on he- looking at his teammates and just thinking, I don't know how he's going to stay in Milwaukee for the next five, six years. It's just crazy. I think he might regret the contract. I mean, you could always ask to be traded if they start tanking really badly. And then Steph Curry is up for a contract extension already. So he can extend next week, next year. I mean, so (laughs) he'll get locked in for another how many. I mean, I'm willing to give up a championship just to have him around and retire as a warrior. So, Yeah, he deserves the the Kobe Bryant treatment. I mean, you know, in terms of. $20 million a a year for a year. Yeah. Remember when um, during the last Jordan days, like. I think they paid him thirty million for the last two or three years of his career, which was an ungodly amount, like in the late nineties. You know, I think people were getting paid like ten million, you know, and they were just like, "Here's thirty, and that dude deserved it. Whatever they can, uh, they want to give Steph or whatever Steph wants, they should just give it to him. But on this trade tip, so like people talk about you know Steph not being around forever and wasting his prime, and so you got to make a trade. Just to be clear, I don't want to trade James Wiseman and I don't want to trade the Minnesota pick. What I don't get is, so we have a 60% chance of keeping the pick this year, right? No matter what. And so the Minnesota pick, and you don't think we're going to keep it right deep down inside with your warriors and security. You don't think we're going to pick that. You're going to, you don't think we're going to keep that pick. You mean in terms of trading it or just not? No, I meant like not conveying. Like deep down yeah. inside, you don't you think that pick is going to land in the top three? Well, first of all, I'd like to use a different word than insecurity. Um, <laughs> this is like Warriors' longtime fan pessimism that I have. Earlier in the season, I'm like, "Yeah, Minnesota, you suck. We're going to get like the uh, the fourth or fifth pick from you guys, and you guys are going to continue to be a terrible franchise. Sixty percent us, forty percent you guys." And now it's getting closer, just a little bit closer. And I'm like, 
oh man, I really, I really, really want this pick. And the more I want it, the more like I'm freaked out. We're not going to get it. 60-40 in our favor, but still it's not good enough for me. I want like 90-10. Yeah. So maybe this isn't the best question then, but if you think that we're going to not get that top three pick, then you should be all for trading that pick then because it's worth more now than in theory. I get the logic there, but just like GMs want to see what they get, I want to see what happens. You know, like I don't want to be like, oh, here, here's the pick. Let's get, you know, this guy who's, you know, decent and then just watch someone else open the package and, and, and see get what happens. Your, yeah. And then get yeah. Cade Cunningham falling down to four. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing is like when you trade the pick before it conveys, the other GM can assumes it's a Cade Cunningham or Jalen Green. And I'm assuming our GM thinks the same too. So hopefully, even though Bob Myers grew up watching the same Warriors teams that we did, he doesn't have that pessimism, of course. So So let's let's play this game then of the players of the players that are available for trade, pretty much. Right? All right. And you're gonna tell me. Because every time there's a trade out there, everybody says Minnesota pick and James Wiseman, right? So you mm-hmm. tell me when I name this player, if that player is worth James Wiseman and or the Minnesota pick and or more, right? Right. So when I say Bradley Beal, you tell me which what you're willing to give up. And it could be none, but it could be one of those things. And then we'll okay. talk about change. It could be change, right? Could be, and by yeah, change I mean sure. smiley, smiley itch. <laughs> so let's do this, Bradley Beal. I would not give up Wiseman or the pick for Bradley Beal. Or I mean, really, yeah. you wouldn't give up? You wouldn't give well, up? Well, I mean, the pick like, plus like five, six players. Oh no, I would. I would do that. I would do that because if you're talking like keeping Wiseman. So you have your future piece and then getting Beal, who's in his mid to late 20s, and then keeping the core intact, then yes, I would do that. I don't see Washington doing that, but that's fine. that asset that the Warriors have. I just want to know what's untouchable in your eyes. Like for Bradley Beal, the untouchable for you is Weissman, not not the pick. Okay. Yeah. Because I will also say, like, if the chances of us getting that pick – it would most likely be in the best case scenario, either Suggs or Jalen Green, maybe Kaminga. No, it's not Kaminga, dude. <laughs> There's no way he's <laughs> going to slip from one to four. Well, anyway, so if it's Suggs or Green, uh, Beal is okay for me. All right, Zach Levine, what, who's, what's untouchable for you? Everything. <laughs> I guess I just don't like him enough. I I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't include Wiseman in a trade for him. <laughs> or the pick. No, not really. He doesn't excite me that much. All right. Kyle Lowry. Nah. Yeah, we don't need him. Uh, Victor Oladipo. Okay. So if the talk for Oladipo is largely centering around Ubre, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I think Oladipo could do more things that the Warriors need. And he's coming off an injury. I haven't really watched him. I'm hoping he would be able to come back maybe to 85% of what he was. And I think he'd be a better fit in general for yeah. 21 million. Well, he's going to be a free agent, right? Um, yeah. He's probably not so, going to, I mean, he's not going to get that much next year. Yeah. 
I would kick the tires on him. You know, maybe he would sign for a one or two year deal, you know, or maybe he would sign for longer term for less uh, to get some security after having that injury. Cause he's at a strange point, right? He's like uh, hitting 30 in a couple of years. Yeah. So, all right. Vucevic. I would not give up Wiseman, <laughs> nor the pick. I give up Smiley Geach. <laughs> <laughs> We're not playing a will we give up Smiley game. That's not fun. Lonzo. I would trade Ubre for him in a heartbeat. All right. Bagley. Hell no. I just, I don't want Bagley. I still think where the Warriors excel is taking lottery picks who are not living up to expectation and developing them. Man, he just reminds me so much of like all those quote unquote athletic bigs from the past. He reminds me of Joe Smith, of Carlos Rogers, of Brandon Wright. This is, this is a pro Carlos Rogers (laughs) podcast. Do not, do not. (laughs) <laughs> do not say anything bad about about him i would buy his yeah. moment right now all right john collins how old is that dude he's wanna, young right yeah i want to say he's like 26 let me see gosh maybe maybe i mean i wouldn't he's looking for a max deal then absolutely not yeah he's a six no. foot nine and he considers himself a power forward center but he's six nine yeah pass <laughs> andre drummond no. DeMar DeRozan. Not for Wiseman or the pick. Buddy Heald. Nope. Harrison Barnes. Oh, yeah. Just traded everybody. No, no. Don't want Aaron HB Gordon, back. Al Horford. Yeah, nope. there's nobody left, no. right? PJ Tucker, Larry Nance. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I mean, out of all these players, I don't think we're willing to, any, to trade in any part James Wiseman or the pick. I mean, I said... I would be willing to consider the pick and a bunch of other extra stuff for Beal. But if this was like, if there was a Wizards fan that listened to me say that, they would just laugh in my face. Yeah, well, we'll see where the market's at because I don't know who's going to want to trade their whole uh, their whole house for uh, for Bradley Beal. And there's really no other team that has as many assets as the Warriors do. I mean, we still have a lot of our own picks too. We do. Considering, I like, it feels so. like they keep trading other picks over the last several years, and we don't have. I any. mean, I'm I'm just comparing them to like Minnesota, Houston. Yeah, you know? like all the good teams, all their picks are controlled by OKC, right? Or New yeah. Orleans. Like, you look at what the asset, like what assets the Nuggets have, or what assets um, the Bucks have. Like, the Warriors are in the top top third of assets. I mean, taking a step back. The Warriors are in an amazing position, even though Clay got hurt and the season is kind of mediocre overall. But hearing you talk about these other teams, yeah, I mean, the Warriors have assets. They have a potential future star piece, and they still have their stars in their prime, you know, albeit like at the, the, the downside of their prime. That's, that's an amazing, like, hand Bob Myers has been dealt. He has an opportunity to really solidify his legacy. <laughs> yeah. As a GM, you know, he's not his hands are not tied behind his back. He has options. He may not have as many picks as OKC or whatever, but like he can make this work. You know what I mean? If he if he just ignores the noise and just figures out what he and what the franchise wants to do and just maps it out, they can do that, you know? 
Like they can the light years this shit all the way <laughs> to like 2030. The best thing is he he's probably the best GMs are the ones who just do the trade. Like they don't actually announce anything. There's no leaks. Like all the leaks that involve the Warriors so far have clearly been the other team just because they want traction, right? Because they want to create a baseline. Um, and the baseline with the Minnesota pick is, is a great baseline to start with. But yeah, I, I think if he does a trade, it's going to be something that's not on this list. And uh, God, I really love three-way trades because those come in out of nowhere because then you don't realize that's like 3D chess. Can't figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Because those are the things that nobody can really guess. You know, the average person who's not in the rooms can really guess ahead of time, you know? Yeah, and you're like, Karis LeVert is on the Pacers? Wait, what? What happened? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So what about you? Like, we don't have to go through all these names, but like, is there anybody here that you would trade for or that you want in general that you give assets for? I think I agree with you. I think the Victor Oladipo situation is probably the most intriguing because you can buy low and test him out for a bit. I think he's been underperforming with the Rockets. Um, I think he's pretty much fully recovered, but doesn't hasn't been in a place to actually um, try as hard as he probably should be um, just because he doesn't have any skin in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's the most intriguing. I think, I think of the players that are sort of like that, that are most intriguing are the also ones that are going to be asking for a lot of money too coming up, which I'm not willing to pay. So like Alonzo is in that bucket. Like it'd be nice to kick the tires on Alonzo, but he's expecting a lot of money next year. But what is the best option, right? Like, okay. So we're talking about Ubre and his, I guess, salary slot or whatever, the salary slot that came from the Iguodala trade. And then if, they let Ubre walk, that just disappears. So like if you trade for Lonzo, at least you get, can kick the tires on it. So either you get nothing or you, you sign somebody. So like you have to pay somebody or you just pay nobody. I could be wrong. Maybe I don't understand the salary cap. <laughs> Ask that again. Can you <laughs> say that again? You know, when the Warriors traded Iguodala, they got that exception, right? Yeah. And that chunk under the salary cap is what they used to get Ubre, right? So now Ubre takes up that slot. And if they let Ubre walk, they can't just sign anybody because they're still over the cap, right? They're over the hard cap. Okay. Basically to use that slot for somebody without doing that, they would have to trade and keep that person. Yeah. Am I I, I could be wrong, like <laughs> but that's the way I've understood it. Yeah, I think I think that's true or or some or somebody because not everybody's salary increases next year, right? Yeah. It's it's all the same. And so I think whoever that we trade for, we're going to have to keep. So that's why the Oladipo um, thing is intriguing. I mean, he is averaging 20 points, five rebounds, and five assists um, at the All-Star break. So a competitive team might go after him. Um, but if he wants to look in the future, I mean, are you impressed by those numbers? Yeah, I had no idea. The way people are talking about trading him, I thought he was like a shell of, of his former self and not caring about any Houston games. I haven't watched him at all. And I also know that he he's good with the ball in his hands, but John Wall is John Wall, right? I was going to ask you if the Warriors are going to ride out the rest of the season with either Ubre Ball, or Oladipo. You'd go with Oladipo, of course, right? Yeah, because I don't think we can keep keep Ubre. I think he played himself into a, a long-term 
um, contract next year with a team yeah. that's willing to pay. I don't think he's also talking about rings either. So he's probably going to be willing to sign with with any team to make some money. So he's still pretty young that he wants that big contract. So and he sure as hell doesn't want to come off the bench again at twenty six or twenty five. It's a lot to pay for somebody coming off the bench. So yeah, and Oladipo. He fits the the timeline a little bit better than than Ball does, of course. Make it happen. Okay. Related to all that, I mean, I do I do want to talk about. I know we love talking about the draft, um, but I do want to talk about the twenty twenty draft and sort of where where we think we we were past the All Star break, so it's a good time to evaluate all the picks now. Mm-hmm. And so overall, how happy are you with the Warriors picking Wiseman? Are you one of those guys who is just like, oh, what about Lamelo? You're listening to the Oakland Warriors podcast. Do you know Oakland Warriors is a website too? OaklandWarriors.com offers a collection of Warriors t-shirts that are comfy, classy, and cool. Fit for a real Warriors fan like you. Forget basic tees and boring designs. With Oakland Warriors, you can show your team pride with those in the know. I have a shirt from OaklandWarriors.com. It's comfy and soft, and it reps the dubs in a low-key, fun way. Don't believe me? Check out OaklandWarriors.com and use the code PODCAST at checkout for a 10% discount. No, I'm ecstatic about James Wiseman. I totally believe in that kid. And I think that this is tough for anyone, anyone, like what he's trying to get through, the pressure of having to win, not playing games uh, for like a year and a half, missing training camp, no summer league. This is true for all the rookies. Um, and then getting injured, getting COVID or, or sitting out for COVID, all this stuff, right? And also just being a center. So I, I, I believe in the kid. I, I think like the Lamelo hype is well deserved, but I'm not like, oh man, you know, it's it. They're all 19 year olds. You know what I mean? It's like saying, oh, we should have taken Brandon Jennings instead of Steph. You know, or it's like, oh, Tyreek Evans is where it's at. I I just still don't get. The, the Lamelo Ball love. I mean, everybody talks about his flow and his feel of the game, but like 13 points per game, 43% field goal percentage, 79% free throws, 35% assist percentage. It's just sort of like, wh- where where is his ceiling? Like, what is mm-hmm. his best? He's not Magic Johnson. He's never going to be able to shoot the jump shot. If he was Luca, right? Then maybe you're like, oh man, we passed on Luca. Yeah. But I don't think he's Luca. The thing is, when I'm looking at the numbers and then I watch these players play, I feel like we're talking about different players than what the quote unquote pundits are saying. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm looking at the Wiseman numbers and I'm like, these are really good numbers for a 19 year old who's seven foot. Mm -hmm. And then when I look at the numbers for LaMelo versus what people are saying, I mean, they're basically saying he's clearly the number one pick and a team, a a player you want to build your team around. And the reason why the Hornets are X, Y, and Z, but the Hornets play in the East <laughs> mm-hmm. and they're not that, I mean, they're fun to watch in the same way that the, the, the senators are fun to watch when they play the Harlem Globe Globetrotters. I, I really <laughs> the generals, think. the generals, the generals, I'm sorry. <laughs> the gen- Washington generals. Yeah. Yes. The Washington generals. I don't get it. I really don't get it. I mean, it doesn't pass the eye test for me. It doesn't pass for me either. If you think about all the great point guards, in recent years, who've had great rookie years. Like, I, I think he'll be good. I'm not saying he's garbage, but like everything we've seen James Wiseman do, he can still do. He'll be able to do it better next year. Like, 
going full court, blocking, you know, will get better rebounding, will get better hands. But it's a knee-jerk reaction if you trade that guy right now. And the only way that happens is if Steph says so. I don't think yeah. he would. I don't think he will. But that's the only way they would move Wiseman, I think, is if Steph made that made that demand, move him in a package for Beal or whatever. It's funny. Like sometimes people are saying like, oh, you're wasting a year of, of Steph's prime, right? <laughs> we talked about this. And I think you said, well, if you trade Wiseman in the pick for something right now, you're potentially wasting like <laughs> the rest of his career. <laughs> yeah, you're wasting the last five years, the Ray <laughs> Allen years, the Ray yeah. Allen in Miami years, right? That's yeah. I mean, that's a really great thing to look for. That's a really great thing to look forward to are the Ray Allen years in in in, in Miami. Yeah, and those might actually be Steph Curry years in Miami because by that point he'd be like, "Wow, these guys are so garbage. Uh, we owe it to Steph to to move him to a team that's actually a contender, right?" Like yeah, that's that's how it exactly be. great. So Hornets, if you're the Hornets, would you would you pick Anthony Edwards if if the if you had a redraft with if, Tyrese Halliburton and Patrick Williams on the board? I think that they would. I think they would gamble on the potential and gamble on the talent and the idea that he he could be something great even though he's woefully inconsistent and would rather shoot outside than drive to the basket but i think you know jordan would prefer the uh the upside to edwards as opposed to maybe you know going for halliburton yeah i mean after after halliburton and patrick williams that's pretty much there's a pretty big drop off i feel like from the other players oh actually we forgot about um quickly have you seen him play much? I I have not. No, I'm I just listened to our friends in New York. Right yeah, so him. I I know that he shoots like ninety one percent or something or high ni- mid nineties maybe mid to low nineties from the free throw line, which is promising. But I'm always do <laughs> I'm always <laughs> I always question like these New York players, you know, uh, and just the hype, the hype behind New York players and and. Um, you know, it's just the, the John Starks thing. Yeah. I'm looking at the rest of the picks and I'm just like, yeah, I mean, there, there's a pretty big drop off. I feel like from the top six, but I mean, this is, this is technically feels like a deeper draft than we thought it thought it was. Maybe uh, there'll be a couple of hall of famers. I feel like, <laughs> well, I hope it's one uh, and I hope it's ours. I'm just jealous. I feel like now is a good time to, to do your wolves watch. Um, now that we're talking about Anthony Edwards and, the biggest mistake of the Wolves um, from last year is their draft pick. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, do you think they were actually? Do you think they regret it? Do you think they regret picking Anthony Edwards? Yes, I do because Lamelo Ball, especially with D'Lo out, obviously, who knows if it would have happened if they did pick Lamelo Ball, but with D'Lo out, he would provide so much more in terms of optimism. Edwards had that massive dunk on uh the japanese dude <laughs> and uh he's had some huge highlights but he's woefully inconsistent he could still put it together i think edwards has the potential to be good he just has to be uh taught the right way to be a player and he can get to any spot he wants he just chooses not to and apparently he doesn't get his calls or he doesn't get many calls overall the wolves are <laughs> are a hot mess, you know. I mean, it's it's 
it's really like watching the Warriors of the 90s from a distance. There's so much pessimism. The big difference there is how long were the Warriors on sale for? Oh, hot minute. Right. We always knew that it would be a bidding war to get the Warriors because we knew there were a bunch of billionaires, billionaires that wanted to buy the team. Um, and the Wolves have been on sale for nine months now. And there's a ton of billionaires that have made more money during the pandemic. Um, and so they easily could have been bought. But I think the league was basically saying, you can't move the team from Minnesota. You got to keep it there. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, nobody. everything starts from the top. So that's why I don't think they're going to get better next year, because if they don't have an owner yet, then they're still going to be weird. And if they do get a new owner, the new owner is going to want to do some crazy shit, just like uh, um, they were Ranadive, Vivek Ranadive coming into the Kings for the first year. I don't doubt that they won't be a good team. So if the Warriors don't get their pick and the Wolves are able to draft either Mobley or Cunningham or Kaminga, that would suck for the Warriors because we have their pick unprotected in 2022 then. And not saying that the Wolves are going to compete for a playoff spot, but the odds of them being one of the two, three worst teams are lessened, especially when you have teams who are driving towards the bottom still. And yeah, like they're not, as a franchise, they're going to be still terrible in general, but you can't have that many good players and then be the worst team again. You know, I just don't, I just don't think it's possible. And I'm assuming that their coach is actually a decent coach for them to go through all this bullshit to have hired him from another team out of the blue <laughs> to, to stick him with Ryan Saunders coaching staff and an assistant coach that everybody else wanted or thought should have become like the interim head coach in, uh, in Vanterpool or whatever his name is. Now the, the, the wolves are in a, uh, uh, a bad spot. Like they have no cohesion. They're missing Malik Beasley because of his suspension. D'Lo was out. Carl Anthony Towns, God bless him, but he looks like he's a little bit out of shape. And uh, they have a bunch of young guys who don't know how to play NBA basketball. So there was a point where I was like, well, maybe if Cat and D'Lo can play together, they might actually start winning. I think we're beyond that, you know? They're just not a good team. <laughs> I don't know. You're very optimistic then. <laughs> maybe, maybe, but that's because I'm pessimistic <laughs> about the Warriors not getting about like a the good Warriors. Pick. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you think that they will still be like the worst team in the league? You think they'll be worse than the Wizards, than the Pistons? I just on sheer talent of having. They don't have to be the worst team, like the, the way the odds are. Right. I know, but the like way the draft arts are, it could put them in the top three, but is it as deep? You know what I mean? Like that's, that's what I'm saying. Um, yeah. But if you give them a Cade Cunningham or J- Jalen Suggs, you know, then I think they'll be better specifically those two guys. Cause those two guys are actually seemingly much better leaders and more mature as, as, as players. And I think they could definitely help. And then Minnesota would just need to, get out from Delo's contract. Um, oh, God. Yeah, good luck with that. I mean, we've talked about that guy oh. ad, ad nauseum. Here's the thing, right? Like for Minnesota, it really, really all hinges on whether or not they keep their pick. Because if they lose their pick, 
Like there's just so much pessimism. If they get it, then like there's a hint <laughs> of daylight for them, you know, because people are saying like if they if they stink the rest of the season, there's no real optimism and then they lose their pick. Cat's going to eventually want out or he's going to want to play somewhere else, get a fresh start somewhere else, you know, and then you'd be stuck with like D'Lo. I mean, do you remember they made this trade for D'Lo thinking that, hey, we'll get uh, Devin Booker. <laughs> to yeah, come I mean, you know, the slam, so, that slam magazine yeah. cover with all three of them. And we all know that. Yeah. That's the best part. That's why this is so great. That's why that's why Bob Myers waited to the very end because he knew that was in his back pocket. Why didn't he sign with the Wolves straight up back then? Then Oh, because the Warriors swooped in and said, we'll give you a max deal. I don't know uh, if the Wolves were willing to do that. I mean, didn't you know. D'Lo like, take a helicopter ride with Glenn Taylor or something? And he probably would have signed with them, but the Warriors are like, here, we'll, we'll do this awesome. and you get to come to Golden State. All right. That's another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and check us out on Twitter at Oakland Warriors and check us out at OaklandWarriors.com. Also, be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs. Yeah.